Uh, today we have a very special guest with us, and we're privileged to receive the message we're about to receive. Um, this pastor has come all the way from Tulsa, Oklahoma area, a church called Transformation Church, where he's the lead pastor. And God has anointed this man to preach in a powerful and effective, life-changing way. He's using him in a mighty way. And we're honored today at Generation Church to receive and welcome Pastor Michael Todd. Come on, put your hands together. Make some noise. Come on. Well, good morning. How y'all feeling today, Generation Church? Now, y'all should be okay. You've had coffee, breakfast. You should be excited to be in the house of God. I'm so excited to be here. This is my first time preaching in Arizona, and I am excited about it. Um, we want to welcome everybody from all of the campuses. Awatuki, right? Did I say it right? Okay, don't judge me. Uh, this is my first time hearing that name. And the Mesa campus, man, we're so excited. Um, you guys have two phenomenal leaders here. And I know you guys are used to it because they're here all the time. But can we thank God for your pastors? And they're, oh, y'all can do better than that. Your vision, thank you guys. So phenomenal. And I bring you greetings from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Let's just get it out there. My name is Michael. I'm black. <laughs> and I am wearing a floral jacket, okay? Now everything else should be okay out of here, okay? Um, uh, yeah, it's, it's cold back home. And I know some of y'all think it's cold here. It is not cold. <laughs> it's cold in Oklahoma, like snow cold. But um, I bring you greetings from Transformation Church and uh, my family and everywhere I go. I want to show you a picture of my family because they allow me to do this. And uh, yeah, this is, my, this is my family. In the middle, that's Isabella. She's five. She runs my life. <laughs> um, uh, next to her, it's my son. He has a ponytail, but that is my son. Okay? That's MJ Michael Jr. And then my stunky monkey right there. That's Ava Ray. She's one years old. So five, three, one. And then my wife, we have been, uh, I met her when I was 15 years old. And uh, we've been married nine years, together 16 years. What I've got, gathered from all of that now that I have a daughter is that's not okay. And, and um, I'm so grateful. And the reason I show you this is because statistics tell us that if I show you a picture of my family, you'll listen to me a lot better. All right. Anybody ready for the word today? Oh, come on, y'all. Are you ready for the word today? Amen. Well, I tell people all the time, I don't come to different churches for opportunity. God has blessed us with an amazing church back home, and I feel like that is my place where I have the greatest impact. But I do leave Tulsa for assignments. And I believe that I'm on assignment here today. You guys have been in a, a series called The Blessed Life, and it's a series talking about generosity and, and, and stewardship and giving. And, and you know, everybody gets tight when you start talking about money. Anytime you do it, some of y'all right now, you didn't even know it was a money series, and you said, uh-oh. It came. Just everybody, breathe in deep for me, let it out, and look at your neighbor and say, relax. Okay, just relax. Okay, nobody's going to call you up and tell you to give a $40 blessing and none of that's happening. But I, I do want to help everybody understand that, that generosity and living a blessed life is what God desires for every one of his children. And the sad thing about it is most of his children get into heaven and don't live a blessed life. Like, like, like you, you actually like get your get out of hell free card, and, but you live hell on earth. 
And, and, and what this message does is it frees people from being able to think that they're their provider and that God truly is Jehovah Jireh, your provider. And, and, and so today, I, the reason I'm so passionate about this message is because I told your pastor, when I became the lead pastor of Transformation Church about three and a half years ago, God instructed us to do the exact same thing. And we just met recently, but he said, I want you to play Bless Life by Pastor Robert Morris every year until your church becomes a generous church. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and, and I didn't know what that, that would mean. And you guys, have, I think week two or three of this series. And the reason why I'm so passionate is because this message changed my life. This message took me from being a greedy person, undercover, and nobody thinks they're greedy. Like right now, you don't think you're greedy, but you are. And, 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 and the problem is it takes you from being a greedy person to a generous person if you allow God to make the work happen in your heart. And that's the thing I want to start this whole thing out with. It's this, this whole thing about finances. It's all about your heart. The Bible tells us in Matthew that where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. Not where your heart is, that's where your treasure goes. It's reversed and most people will be like, the church just wants my money. The church just wants my money. No, 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 no. The church doesn't want your money, God does. Because if God gets your money, he has your heart. And most people don't understand why they can't change. But, but I came up with this equation, I call it the equation of treasure. That when you give, you give God access to your heart. When he has access to your heart, he now has the ability to change your habits. When he can change your habits, then he affects your entire life. And most people never get life change because they won't give. Yeah, let it sit. What does cussing everybody out have to do with giving? What does drinking have to do with giving? It's because when I put my treasure where God tells me to put it, then he has my heart. When he has my heart, then he can have access to change my habits. And that's why many of us never get our habits changed. You're angry all the time, even after you come to church, even after you start serving. It's because you've never let him into your finances. And when he gets into your finances, he's like, oh, they trust me. And now I can start rearranging some of the things in their heart, and then they have a blessed life. This series is not called Blessed Wallet. Because that's what we want. We just want more money, but money only magnifies who you really are. And some of us, we don't want who we really are to be magnified. But if we allow God into that area of our life, then he changes us from the inside out, and we can live a blessed, everybody say life. And so this is where I want us to really deal today on this area of generosity and something that, you know, everybody thinks that they're generous until you get down to your food. And I don't like my wife eating my fries. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, get your own fries. These are my fries. And, 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 and that's a small thing, but it affects how we act when we come into the presence of God in this thing about giving. And yes, let me apologize right now. People in churches on platforms have manipulated people for money. A lot of times we talk about it like we don't know the obvious happened. Let me apologize for every person who stood in these spots and, and did the wrong thing. Yes, pastors have gone and they bought Bentleys and Mercedes and stuff with people's money and giving, but that's not what God's doing here. And God wants to use finances as a place 
to be able to get access to your heart. And, and, and the title of today's message is, there are levels to this. See, because a lot of people don't understand that, that wherever you are in your generosity, in your giving to God's house, in your sacrificial giving, you're on one level. But there are levels to this. Everybody say, there's levels to this. And, you know, I, I grew up in a house. My parents are amazing. And I have uh, four brothers, so five boys in all. And uh, I brought one of them with me today. And um, one of my brothers is with me today. And one of the things that my parents used to do with us being economically um, frugal, as well as trying to give us entertainment with five boys, is they would drive us around in very wealthy neighborhoods and we would play a game, That's My House. And as I got older, I realized how cheap this was, but it allowed us to expand our vision. And we would drive into neighborhoods with huge homes and everybody would be like, that's my house. Uh oh, I called it first. That's my house. And we would just be doing that my house for hours and hours. And my parents were in the back like, yes. And so, um, but, but so I thought I'd seen big homes. But then when I was 19 years old, one of my friends, was on a break from college and it's like, hey, y'all should come to my house and um, visit me for, for, um, for spring break. And it's like, okay, cool. And then one of the people that were with me is like, she has a huge house. And I was like, okay, huge house. I've played, that's my house. So, <laughs> I mean, she ain't got a bigger house than me, like in my mind. Anyway, um, we pull up to this compound. There's no other way to describe it. The driveway was four miles long. We drive up, we get up to the house. There's a stretch limousine covered. So that means they don't even drive it. Sitting in front of the house. And we go in it and there's chandeliers in the, in this, <laughs> crazy. This is what they call it, the master bedroom garage. They, <laughs> they had a two-car garage off the two-story master bedroom. Olympic-sized pool, basketball courts. And I was like, this is amazing. I was like, where are we staying? And she was like, you guys aren't actually staying in the house. And I said, uh-uh, slavery's over. <laughs> that I, we used to be in outhouses. That's not happening. I'm going home. And she said, no, 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 no. My parents built four 2,000-square-foot houses in the backyard for when we have company. I said, what in the, I realized at that moment, what I had been exposed to was a lower level. <laughs> Come on now. Like of, 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 of houses and there were levels to this. The same way that I believe that in the body of Christ, many people when it comes to generosity are exposed to a low level of generosity. But God wants you to know there are levels to this. And I want at Generation Church for you to be a church that stands and you're generous in every season because God's found a group of people that will say, you know what? I'm not going to stay at the low level or the lowest level that I can. I just did enough. But God says, I want you to see the benefit of being ones that can be agents to bless others. And so if you're in this room and you want to go to another level, let's give God a hand clap of praise in this place. Okay. All right, so, so, so let's do it like this. Um, let's start at the first level, okay? Because as I was reading through Scripture about giving and all that other stuff, um, 
I was trying to get a new revelation of what God wanted to say about finances. And so I read probably one of the most famous scriptures in Malachi chapter three. We're going to turn there in just a second. And and I was praying about it and thinking about it. And me and God, we have a very like just real relationship. And I felt like the spirit said I was talking about this um, scripture. And he said, you got me all messed up. I was like, what you, <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> uh, he said, you've misinterpreted my heart in this scripture. And if, if you know anything, we'll read it in a second. But a lot of times they use this scripture, um, will a man rob God? And you rob him in tithe and offering. He said, and people have scared people into, into giving because they're saying you're robbing God of money. And God said, I've never needed human money to do anything. He, he said, just go to my word. When Elijah was hungry, I sent ravens, the first Uber Eats. <laughs> to drop off food to him every day. Like, like it, I, I'll bring water from a rock. I, I'm the God that provided manna for the children of Israel. I, he said, I don't need money to get my plan done, but you need this opportunity so I can bless you. And, and so it changed. He said, Michael, and this is my first point because I got to give you this revelation so we can read this scripture completely def- different. He said that... In this thing of of, of levels, he said, don't rob God of the opportunity to bless you. Like, like how can a man rob God? He robs him of the opportunity to bless him. And he said, there's so many people not doing it my way. And every time they don't do it my way by returning tithe and giving offering and being generous, he said, they rob me. You tie my hands behind my back because just like any good parent knows, it's not what you do. It's do you do what I ask you to do? And if if, if I tell my daughter all the time, she's five, we're trying to get her to start, you know, obeying (laughs) and, um, and so we'll say, Bella, can you pick up your toys? It doesn't matter if Bella washes the dishes, if Bella washes the car, if Bella sweeps up. The thing I'm going to ask her is, what did I tell you to do? And God, and clearly in his word, has told us some things about finances. But because we decide not to do it his way, the blessing gets tied up because we robbed him of the opportunity. So today I want us to read this Malachi 3 scripture, but I want to read it and I'm going to add that phrase on the back end of it. And let's see if maybe we can hear God's heart in this scripture like never before, okay? This changed my whole life. Malachi chapter 3 verse 8. It says, will a man rob God of an opportunity to bless him? Yet you've robbed me of many opportunities to bless you. But you say, in what way have we robbed you of the opportunity to bless us? Listen, in tithes and in offerings. See, the whole concept of tithing was not for God's benefit. It was for our benefit. And I know there's some people in here like, Pastor Mike, I'm a high school student and I get $33 of allowance every week. Like, what does this have to do with me? See, the thing is, if you apply this principle now, it won't be work later. The reason why, let me talk to everybody under the age of 20 right now. The reason why everybody else struggling is because they didn't learn this at a young age. And so now you see that paycheck and Uncle Sam don't trust you, so he take his. <laughs> he, he don't trust you at all. 
But God gives us the opportunity to do it willingly. And if you know every dollar, I give 10 cents of it. When God continues to expand you, we're teaching our five-year-old now because it was hard for me to get a check and then to like, God, you really want me to honor you right now? And it's not giving a tithe, it's returning it. Because I can't give something that wasn't mine in the first place. And if we're honest, most of us don't deserve the job that we have, the blessings God's given, the things that he's done for our life. And so we have to return to him what he's so generously already given to us. And so when we look at this scripture, I want you to see God's not saying you're robbing him of money. You're robbing him of the opportunity to bless you. I love it. Look at verse nine. It says, because you won't do it my way, because you're not doing what I've asked you to do, man, you're cursed with the curse. For you've robbed me of the opportunity to bless you, even the whole nation. And if we can just stop and look where our nation is right now, we're in debt, like a lot of debt. And we're doing things in the wrong way because we've gone away from how God intended it for it to happen. Verse 10 said, bring all the tithes into the storehouse. That's the local church that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this. The, the Hebrew word is prove me. And, and I don't know if you ever had this happen when you were in middle school or, or elementary school. But when, when somebody dared you, like I dare you to do that. And it's like, oh, bro, don't dare me, bro. Don't dare me. Like, don't do it. And if they wanted to take it to the next level, they said, I double dog dare you. And I don't know. If they double dog dare you, you have to do it. Like, this is not wise, but you double dog dared me. Like, this is what God is saying here. He said, tithe, I double dog dare you. He said, test me. This is a test for us, but it's the only place in the Bible where God says you can test me. See if I won't open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you don't even have room enough to receive. I double dog dare you. And, and when I'm telling you this with the passion that I'm talking with, it's because this is what God did in my life. He said, I double dog dare you. I double dog dare you to do it my way. And then this is what he says, verse 11, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. This further proves to me that this is not for kingdom's sake. This is not so God's church can survive. This is so that you can be blessed. And then it says, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit in your field. The vine represents your business. It represents your company, your investment. God says, I want your vine to always be fruitful, but that happens when you do it my way. Verse 12, and all the nations will call you blessed for you will be a delight in the land, says the Lord of hosts. This is what happens when you give God an opportunity to bless you. And so the first level, I'm going to tell you three opportunities that God can bless us. These are kind of like categories or levels in scripture. The first one, first level is tithe. When we tithe, we give God an opportunity to bless us. And tithe is a Hebrew word. And, and in the Hebrew, it means 10th part. And I believe God did it like that so that it would be fair for everybody. If you make 30,000 or 300,000 or 3 million, he's saying, I want you to return 10% of it to me. Look what it says in Leviticus 27, verse 30. It says, and all the tithe of the lamb, whether the seed of the land or the fruit of the tree is the Lord's. It's holy to the Lord. And I always say return again. I want to, I want to say that because God has been so good to give us what we don't even deserve. And the crazy thing about it is you think you earned that. 
but you don't even know if you're going to wake up tomorrow with breath in your body. And you can't control that. But you somehow think that your money is yours. And this is the funny thing is we would rather have 100% cursed than 90% blessed. I know people are just struggling with it right now. You're just like, I don't even, uh. but this is what I'm telling you. It doesn't take faith to give the last 10%. It takes faith to give the first 10%. But this is the crazy thing about it. God never asked you to do something he didn't do first. Can I, can I take it real deep for a second? Jesus was God's tithe. He wanted all of his children to be in right relationship with him. So before you ever said you love Jesus, he returned. He gave his only son in hopes that all his other children could be returned back to him. Do you see like, yeah, that's good. You can clap right there. That was good preaching, Michael. I know. <laughs> all I'm telling you right there is we don't serve a father who asked us to do something he didn't already do. And, and, and so what I'm asking you to do is not just follow the message of the Bible, but follow the method of the Bible with your own and with your own giving and your own um, 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 lifestyle. And that's why he said it's supposed to be set apart and we're supposed to return it to him. And, and so that is the first level. Every time you get paid, you can be access another level of blessing and not rob God of the opportunity to bless you by saying, you know what, before I pay for this mortgage, these bills, all of this other stuff, I'm going to return to God what's his. And do you know the crazy thing about it? You waste the 10% every month anyway. Oh, come on. You bought that dress, then you think you're a size four, but you're a size 12. And, 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 and in, in hopes of what you're going to one day be, you have the tithe sitting in a closet and your finances are cursed and stuff always breaks down and it seems like they always raise the bill and it seems like, and God said, would you please just honor me? We spend our tithe or we spend it on a makalaka takataki and, and, and some coffee that we don't even like because we want to look cool and take a picture on Instagram and all of this other, and we are wasting what God I said, well, bless you. And that's why I'm just saying the first level, the ground level, tithe. And I don't care if you've never done it. Thank you, God, for grace and mercy. That's brand new every morning. And you're not a bad person if you haven't tithed. You, but, but now you're responsible for what you're hearing today. Like, like you're going to be like, dang, I knew I should have slept in and said that. But you're responsible today for what you're hearing. And maybe this is the thing that's been holding up the blessing. The next level. Somebody say there's levels. Okay, so let me go from this level. So we at tie, boop, but let's go up, boop, boop. Let's go. Level two is offerings. Everybody say offerings. When we give offerings, we give God the opportunity to bless us. The scripture says, in what way have we robbed God of the opportunity to bless us? In tithe and offerings. And see, offerings is above the 10%. And some of y'all be like, no, 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 I gave my 10% now. God, that's all you're getting, time out, and God bless you. That's it. But God says, remember when I have access to your heart, 
And you remember that none of this is yours anyway. I've given it to you so that you can be a blessing. He said, I'll ask you at times to give above that. And I want to challenge you to to do more. And when that happens, he, he says, you're giving me another opportunity to bless you. What happens when you get multiple opportunities every time you get paid for God to say, oh, okay, you, you're showing out now. You think you can beat me giving? Uh-uh. You just gave me another opportunity to bless you. And this is what the Bible tells us. All through the scripture, it says, give free will offerings, give free will offerings, free will. And, and that's the thing that you got to realize. This is not a requirement. This is for those who want extra credit. Yes. See, the tithe is the requirement. But people who step into this offering, it's like, uh-oh, you want, you want me to show out for you. You want me to be able to do things that only can be done when I know I have your heart. And this is what happens. See, because we serve a God of multiplication. God never wants to keep what you have where it is. He wants to multiply it so that you can have more to bless more and to give more and to do more. And I'm not just talking to the church because people get that messed up. Like, I want you to be the type of people who go eat somewhere and have bad service and give $50 tips. See, you, that ain't even crossed your mind yet. You ain't even on that level. Get on my level. I'm telling you, God says, I want you to be a blessing everywhere. And how does it look when the person knows they gave you bad service, but you blessed them and left the card or invited them to church with you and them seeing the grace of God in tangible action? And you didn't even blink, 50, what you talking about, 50? Like, you didn't even blink. But that's what God wants to do when he knows you have a generous heart. But it comes from giving offering. I want to show you a a place in the scripture where God does this multiplying miracle. And like he takes the little bit that somebody has and turns it into more than enough. It's found in Luke chapter 9, verse 10. And let me set the background. The disciples are hungry. Jesus has been preaching all day. And there's like 20,000 people out here listening to this message. And, and, And this is what happens. Verse 12, it says, when the day began to wear away, The 12, that's the disciples, came to Jesus and said to him, hey, Jesus, hey, man, you've been doing great. Could you send all of these people away to go into the surrounding Chick-fil-A's, Church's Chicken, and Kentucky? Because they're going to need lodge and provisions. Um, We're in a desert place. We don't have enough here to be able to provide for anybody. Doesn't this sound like us so many times? Like, at this job, God, I really can't be a blessing (laughs) to anybody else. In this season of my life, because I'm in college right now or because I'm in high, we always try to blame the place for the provision. But, But look what Jesus does right here. He said, oh, the place, like ain't nothing here. He said, verse 13, you give them something to eat. (laughs) Jesus, I think you misunderstood us. This is a dry place, a place with not enough. We're hungry too. We have needs too. We have bills too. We have kids trying to put them to school too. We're trying to pay back Sally Mae too. So how would you ask us to feed anybody and we don't even have enough to meet our needs? And this is the battle that goes on in our minds so many times when God challenges us to return our tithe or give an offering. It's like, God, I don't, <laughs> I don't have enough to do what I need to do. And you would ask and challenge me to give to somebody else. But listen what I'm telling you. This does not make sense, but it will make a miracle. 
And this is what people are missing. Tithing doesn't make sense, but it makes miracles. And this is the raw ingredients for that to happen. Look what he said to him. The disciples like, yeah, um, we, we don't have anything. Go tell Jesus we don't have anything that, that we can feed these people with. So when a disciples goes back up, hey, Jesus, like we actually do, like <laughs> we don't have anything to feed these people. Honestly, we, we stole a little kid's Long John Silver's fish pack. <laughs> like two fish and three hush, five hush puppies. That's all we got. And like, and does anybody think of how sad this was for that little boy? Like they just took his food. But anyway, um, that's all we got. And look what Jesus said. That's enough. Which tells me what you have is enough. Like he's not requiring more than what you have. What you have, they are about to feed 20 to 25,000 people with a long John Silver snack pack. And Jesus said it's enough. The only reason he could say it's enough is because he knows the miracle that's up the road. It's going to take the disciples' faith to continue to move even though they know what's in their hands is not enough. Oh, I'm preaching good up here. Listen, so, so look, so verse 14, it says there were about 5,000 men, and, and you know there's, they were at time only counting men, but per capita they had about four to five people in a family. So there were 20 to 25,000 people there, there that day. It says, then he said to his disciple, make them sit down in groups of 50. Now, this ain't even really a part of it, but I need you to see this. God made them organized what wasn't enough. They, he made them organized anyway. The thing that I need you to know is that even though what you have, the two fish and five loaves, the $17 an hour job, the whatever you have right now is not enough, God's going to ask you to put everything in order. He had 20 to 25,000 people sit in groups of 50. I bet it went something like this because I see it like movies in my head. And he's like, go, hey, hey guys, uh, could y'all sit down in group of 50? Hey, could y'all sit down? in a group of 50, and then somebody's like, we hungry. And then the disciples got an attitude, said, I'm hungry too. <laughs> Sit down in groups of 50. And, and, and look, but I'm, I'm just telling you, some of you need to go and figure out the real numbers. Some of you need to figure out because you don't need, you're not even positioned. You're not even organized for the miracle. Some of you have been so in debt and so frustrated and so faithless when it comes to this thing of generosity that you've stopped even caring. And God said, could you organize it? Because what I'm about to do is going to be a miracle for you. And so what ends up happening, look at it. It's so beautiful. Verse 16. And this is the crazy thing. Most people think the miracle happens in Jesus's hands, but it doesn't. Let me prove it to you. It says, then he took the five loaves and the two fish and he looked up to heaven. He blessed it. That's the tithe. When we return our tithe, our finances are blessed. He rebukes the devourer. So when you do that, that's God blessing it. I want you to see it. Then he broke it and he gave them to the disciples. Uh-oh, hold on, no, no, no. I thought it was multiplying in Jesus's hands. No, it's the 90% that you decide to give away that then multiplies. Let me prove it to you. He took it, he blessed it, he broke it, and then he handed it a portion of it back to them. Like, hold on now, I can't, I need all of it. <laughs> Bless it, break it, and give me all of it back. He said he blessed it, he broke it, and he gave a portion to them. 
And look, I bet when the disciples like, what are we supposed to do with this? He said, go give it away. Give something. Give an offering. Lord, this ain't, it wasn't enough when I gave it to you. <laughs> Come on, let's be honest. M- my money's not enough, period. Then you ask me to return tithe, and then you only give me 90% back, and then you're going to ask me to give something to somebody else? And what most people do is eat their seed. When God gave the disciples the thing back, they were hungry too. All of them could have been like, forget this. But he said, no, go give it. And what type of faith does it take to go and give out of your need? And I don't know, but I don't know about you, but I probably would have had an attitude. Take just a little. Take just a little. No smile, no nothing. Take, you greedy, give me, no. And then when it got down to the last bite, go ahead, this is all I got anyway. A miracle happened. It grew in not Jesus' hand, in the disciples' hand. And, And I need you to see it. And I bet it changed, like, take some. Take. You want some? Anybody need bread? (laughs) Bread on deck. Like, it it went from being very selfish to being very generous because the God, who is Jehovah Jireh, the one that would supply, kept making it multiply. Oh, somebody should get excited right there. All I want to say is the miracle's not going to happen in his hands. It's going to happen in your hands. And that's why he says, yo, give me the opportunity to bless you. Give me, give an offering. Like, I know you did your 10%, but give $5 over that. Give $10 over that. Give me $20. And watch me open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing you don't have room enough to receive. This is the time where God's going to take you to another level. Somebody say there's levels to this. Last level. So we started tithing. Boop. Uh-oh. We, we took it to the next level. We started giving offerings. Boop, boop. But let me tell you the third level. Boop. Sacrificial offerings. Offerings that make you say, oh, ouch. It, it's the type of offering where you trust God because you're giving from a place of faith, not a place of abundance. And all of us can do this, but, but because we compare what we give to other people, God says, that's not, that's not the measure. Are you trusting me, what, what you're giving? And we see it all through the Bible. David is going to give the largest gift. He's going to give equivalent to $21 billion to the temple that he's never going to get to sit in. Sacrificial. Then his son Solomon, the one who's going to actually build the temple, when he became king, the, the custom was to get, sacrifice one prize bull unto God. He sacrificed. He said, no, 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 no. I, I can't do this low-level stuff. I got to show God that he has my full heart. I'm going to sacrifice 1,000 bulls. When the requirement was one, he gave an extravagant gift of 1,000. There was a woman who gave an extravagant gift that most of y'all wouldn't think was extravagant, but she poured out a year's wages worth of oil on Jesus' feet and, and wiped it up with her hair. 
And, and one of the disciples was like, why would she do it like that? We should give that money to the poor. He said, you didn't care about giving this money to the poor. The Bible tells us that was God's only, Jesus's only anointing before he went to the cross. And it was given by a woman that didn't have a lot, but gave what she had. Oh. And I don't know where you're at, but Abraham was going to sacrifice his son Isaac. That was a sacrificial gift. And the greatest sacrifice was our God given Jesus. Like, like you got to see, like there's another level, but you can't give sacrificially if God don't have your heart. So that's why I'm telling you it starts with the tithe. And this is the beautiful thing about it. I want you to read it in Mark chapter 12, verse 41. One of the greatest, most extravagant, sacrificial gifts ever given was given by a widow woman. And she only gave two mites. And that would be the equivalent of a few dollars today. But, but, but I want you to see how Jesus responded to this woman's sacrificial giving. Verse 41, it says, now Jesus sat opposite the treasury and saw how the people put money into the treasury. I want you to see this. Jesus was not concerned about how much. He was concerned about how they were given, their heart posture. Were they given like you owe me something or were they given like to show other people or were they given to, to get glory or were they given because God had their heart? And then he said, and many who were rich put in much. Then one poor widow came and threw in two mites, which makes a quadrant. So he called his disciples to himself. He said, y'all, come here. Did y'all see that? Did y'all see what just happened? And they're like, what? Like, we just saw people, like, make it rain and, 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 and things happening. But, like, he said, assuredly, I say to you, this poor widow woman has put in more than all those who's given to the treasury. For they all put in out of their abundance. It didn't cost them nothing. But she, out of her poverty, put in all that she had her whole livelihood. Like, like this is what I'm trying to tell you. Like, like, God's not concerned about amounts. He's concerned that when he asks you for it, will you obey him? This woman went to the third level of giving with the equivalent of just a couple dollars. Because it wasn't about how much you get. I just gave a $100,000 seed. <laughs> yes. He said, her heart was mine. And this is the great thing about it is that if you start at level one, God will give you an opportunity for level three. That's why the enemy always tries to keep you from tithing, from giving that 10%, because he knows once you start that, boop, 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 your levels go up. And that's why it's been such a struggle. And that's why, but I'm trying to tell you, I'm sitting here as a living witness for me and my wife. When we started tithing, when we start saying, God, we're going to return to you what is yours. Then God challenged us. He said, give this offering. Oh my goodness. The largest offering we had ever given. We gave a thousand dollars in an offering. And I was like, yo, God, thank you. We were excited. And then you start experiencing scriptures like this. It's more blessed to give than it is to receive. I thought that was a lie. No, for real. I was like, no, I would much rather receive $1,000 than give it. Glory to God. Until my heart was transformed and I saw that it was actually more a blessing to give. There is nothing like giving something to somebody and they don't even know it's you. Like, no, not like in public. The Bible tells us not to blow the trumpets and like, dun, 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 I'm making this broke woman rich. Like, that's not... 
what you're supposed to do. Don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Because it doesn't need to be anything except God told me in my heart to do this. And man, we've been able to walk. I'm 32 years old. And guys, I'm telling you that I've been able to walk in such blessing because me and my wife said, this is how we're going to do it. We have never lacked for anything. We didn't have everything we wanted when we wanted it because we really didn't need it (laughs) at that time. But God has super exceeded every one of our expectations. So we were doing this series at our church. And um, right before uh, I went out there, God said, do you want to be a preacher who talks about this or do you want to walk it out? I was like, what am I supposed to say, God? (laughs) I want to walk it out. (laughs) He said, okay, I'm going to tell you an extravagant offering that you're going to be able to give. And I want you to obey me. And, you know, you just be real churchy and be like, yes, God, whatever you say, Lord, you can use me. And I'm thinking money. So I'm like, okay, he's going to ask me to give $2,000 because the biggest seed we ever gave was like 1000 at a time. So we're going to two, and maybe he'll do three. But I, I know where I can pull that from, and I won't eat for a week. Or, and I just, okay, cool, 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 cool. Okay, sacrifice. So I get up there. Holy Spirit say, you ready? You ready for me to tell you? Yeah, God, I'm ready. My heart is prepared. My heart is open. Use me, Lord. He said, I want you to give away your Land Rover. That's exactly what I said. (laughs) What? He said, yeah, yeah, you just finished. He said, I allowed you to finish paying it off a few months ago. Black on black, black rims, black tint. It was so beautiful. And he said, I allowed you to pay it off. And now I'm asking for it back. And I said, "Um, God, I really don't. This has to be the devil. <laughs> this, I know this is not God. This has to be the devil. But let me tell you a secret that I learned out of this, that anytime you feel in your heart to give, it's never the devil because the devil never gives anything. Since the beginning, he only takes. So when God's asking you to give, it's him. For God so loved the world that he, that's the characteristic of our God. And so I said it was the devil, and God told me, that's not the devil, it's me. I said, God, you don't understand, and this is just our relationship. I said, you don't understand. That means all we'll have is a minivan. (laughs) God, and my swag is too large to be jumping out of a minivan on date night. God, I cannot jump out of the Honda Odyssey on date night. He said, it's going to be a sacrifice, but I just need to know, do I have your heart? And look, I started at tithing. It was nothing. Then I started at offerings. It was nothing. And now God said, I want to take you to the next level. He asked for my truck. And we was having a moment. (laughs) Can I be honest with you? We was having a moment. But I said, God, if this is going to give you an opportunity to bless me, I'm not going to rob you of that opportunity. So I'm going to move in faith and I'm going to trust you. Listen, there was no promise on the other side of it. It wasn't give your car. And I promise that he just said, give it. So I gave it to a, a young man. He was 23 years old in our church. He was a graphics designer and he was riding the bus to work. And God said, give it to him. I said, he don't deserve this blessing, Lord. 
And isn't that how we do try to rationalize who deserves it and why is this happening? And maybe they can do something for me. He couldn't do nothing for me. Brought him up. I said, John, hey, come up here, bro. Um, God told me to do this to you. And in front of the whole church, I said, here's your new car. Throw him the keys to my car. He broke down. I would have broke down. Like I was, he was breaking down. I was breaking down. Like, like, ah, ah, ah. like it, was, it was a simultaneous breakdown. And, uh, and God said, thank you for graduating to the next level. And, and, and now, now, now hold on. Cause you, you think the story's over. I didn't get a car the next month. I didn't get a car the month after that. I didn't get a car the month after that. And you know, you, you give and then you're like, God, hold on. <laughs> Your boy's still walking. <laughs> or I'm in the minivan. What's happening now? Come on. <laughs> you're a good father. <laughs> not five, not six. Seven months. But at this point, I didn't care anymore. See, because I realized I did what God told me to do. And it was no longer about the reward. It was about the obedience. So I did it. And now we jumping out the minivan with, with pride. Like we here. <laughs> Date night. Hey. Like, and so it was all good. And so I told my wife, I said, hey, we, um, the kids are back in school. This happened about three months ago, August, September. So the kids are back in school. I got to get me an A to B card. Like I got to at least be able to get to work when you're taking the school, the kids to school. And y'all, I was really just wanting to beat her because my pride was gone at this point. Like, I didn't care anymore. I obeyed God, and I just need something to get to where I'm going. So I told my wife, I told a couple people, and I was like, yeah, I'm just looking maybe three to $4,000 to be able to get a get-around car. And a guy, he heard about it, and he was like, I knew he owned a car dealership, um, a used car dealership. And so he was like, hey, bro, I heard you're looking for a car. I can make you a really good deal. I want to take you to the, um, the lot. He's like, can you meet me up there? I was like, yeah. And I was like, oh, matter of fact, can you come get me? Because <laughs> I don't have a car. <laughs> um, and it's just funny how God does that to just even humble you. I'm the pastor of a mega church. But God doesn't care about your crown. He wants your, your heart. So I'm preaching to thousands of people getting rides everywhere. <laughs> so he comes pick me up and he stops in in this killing Mercedes. I mean, it was black on black. It would look like the Batmobile. That mug was nasty. And so I come out, he comes to pick me up. I was like, man, that is clean. He was like, yeah, no, nah, it's not mine. I was like, oh, for real, bro? Who let you drive that car? And, and he said, it's yours. And just like I threw the keys to that young man, God said, you can't beat me giving. And he handed me the keys to that car. Listen, y'all, no, no payments. He said, anything that needs work on this car, oil change, brakes, anything, I'll pay for it for the life of the car. And handed me the keys and took me to the dealership to give me the papers. Y'all. You cannot beat God given. And this is the craziest thing about the whole story is I know one day I'll give that car away. Because now things don't mean anything because he has my heart. All I came to tell you, I came all the way from Tulsa, Oklahoma to tell somebody there's levels to this. 
And this is the beautiful thing about God, no matter what level you're on today. I'm not asking you to go to the extravagant level yet. Just go to the next level. If you've never given before and you never trusted God and returned 10%, just start tithing. And guess what? If you start tithing, guess what? There's going to be a time where you're like, it's time. And you're going to start giving offering. And if you're giving offering and tithing, there's going to time he's going to ask for an extravagant gift. And it won't be what he asked me for, but it'll be what he asked you for. And all you have to do is listen and obey. And I'm telling you, the blessings that God has brought into my life, because now he can trust me because he knows where my heart is. My heart is not in the world. It's in the kingdom of God. And today... I want you to go to another level. Can I pray for you? If you feel comfortable, will you lift your hands? I want to impart this into you right now. Come on, I want to pray for every person in this room. Father, I thank you. Woo! Generation Church is going to be a generous church. Father, I declare and I believe that everybody under the sound of my voice, even at this campus and the, uh, the, the other campus, God, I thank you that they are going to become generous. Father, thank you that you would speak to us. Father, I come against selfishness. I come against doubt. I come against greed. I come against grief. Everything that would keep us from being generous to you, no matter the age, Father, today is a brand new day and we walk in the generosity that you've already given us. God, thank you that people will start tithing today. Thank you that people will give an offering. Thank you that people will obey you for whatever generous, sacrificial gift you're going to ask them for. And God, I thank you that we're going to new levels. In Jesus' name. If you believe it and receive it, can you give God? Oh, come on, Generation Church. A shout of praise in this building. Hallelujah. Hey, you're responsible now. Like, you, you can't unhear what you just heard. <laughs> and, and there's no pressure and condemnation. We're not, we're not going to stand people up and take an offering for this and that. They're going to do their normal offering, but there's no pressure. The, the Bible tells us don't give under compulsion or pressure, but this is in your heart now. You're infected. And you can choose to ignore God's way, or you can say, let me try it. And this is what I've told our church. And I'm not saying that this is what you're saying, but this is what I'm saying to, to say to y'all. I don't even know if that made no sense. But I told our church, God said, test me, prove. I double dog dare you. I tell you, if you tithe and start at that first level for one year and God doesn't exceed your expectations, I tell our people in our church, I'll give you all your money back. And in four years of leading the church, there has not been one person who has come back and ever asked for anything because God clowned them. What I'm challenging you to do is take God at his word and allow him to bless you and don't rob him of that opportunity. I am so excited that Generation Church will never be the same. Can we give God praise for that? Hallelujah. Hey, listen, maybe you're in this room and you've never accepted Jesus. Like you're saying, like you're talking about money, Pastor Mike, and giving and generosity. And like, I don't even know if I believe in this whole thing. I feel you. Because that was me too. Like, like the things I searched everywhere and nothing could, ch could change my heart. They can make me feel happy for a moment, but nothing could change my heart until I found Jesus. 
And we're talking about somebody who didn't ask you to give first. He gave first. (laughs) For God so loved the world that he what? It's his nature. And what he did was he gave his only son so that whosoever. And I'm so excited that he did not say white people, black people, skinny people, short people, fat people. He said whoever. Because that includes me. And that includes everybody. That includes a person who was addicted to pornography and was a liar and a manipulator and was trying to do his own thing. That was me. And I'm not a perfect man, but I am a progressing man because Jesus came into my life. And today I want to give you that opportunity to experience Jesus Christ. And we're about to pray. Matter of fact, because Generation Church is a family church, we're all going to pray this prayer. You won't pray alone here. But I want you to just close your eyes and just think about your life right now. Come on. Just think about where you are and where your relationship with God is. Is God far away, just a big guy upstairs kind of taking care of the universe, but not concerned about your life? He wants to be so close to you. He wants to help you in every area of your life. And today, if you want to invite Jesus in, according to Romans 10 9, you don't have to jump through the hoops and change all your habits. Remember, when you let him in your heart, he helps change your habits. Today, I want us all to pray this prayer. And only you and God know if you really mean it. But I want you to invite God in. Everybody say, God. Come on, out loud. Say, we need you. I'm a sinner and I found my Savior. Thank you for living and dying just for me. Today, I give you my life. Change me. Transform me. I'm yours in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, look at me real quick. Hold on. Hold on. What you don't understand is that all of heaven is throwing a party right now. Even if one person decided that, like right now, heaven, turn up, turn up, turn up. That's what's happening in heaven right now. And we're about to rejoice with you. I'm going to ask you if you made that decision and you meant it, I'm going to ask you to do something crazy. I want you to shoot your hand up in the air on the count of three. And what we're going to do as a church for all of us who made the decision or those who are still thinking about it, we're going to celebrate. Because if heaven throws a party, we're going to have a party down here on earth. We are so proud of you and God has a plan for your life. One, two, three. If you made that decision for Jesus, I see you. Hey, Generation Church, can we thank God? Come on, let's see God do it again. Let's give God praise in this place.